Welcome to Doctrine and Devotion, a podcast that explores Christian faith and practice from a Reformed Baptist perspective. My name is Joe Thorne. I'm the lead pastor of Redeemer Fellowship in St. Charles, Illinois. I just got out of a deacon's meeting, good meeting, love our deacons, talking about what's going on, what God's been doing, uh, some of the needs of the congregation, the needs of their particular ministries and areas of oversight, what we're looking to do in the future, super encouraging meeting. And I just feel blessed because uh, when I meet with the elders or the deacons, pretty much every time I walk away really encouraged by what God is doing. I know that's not always the case, but uh, with with, uh, everybody else in in other churches, but uh, I've Boy, all the things that I have to deal with, that we all have to deal with in ministry, uh, to be able to go into leadership meetings and walk away encouraged every time is a grace. I do not take it lightly. Uh, I'll tell you what else I don't take lightly. When Jimmy bails on me and uh, leaves me all by myself. So I don't like, you know, like I have to figure this thing out. And now I'm going to have to do like, he can't audio edit because he's, he's totally MIA. He's gone. He is gone for a week. Like he can't help. So I'm on my own. And I don't do well when I'm on my own. So so that I don't stay on my own, I'm, I'm bringing in a buddy, somebody who is smarter than me, uh, better looking than me, has more hair than me, uh, my big brother, Jason Alligood. Hey, you Jason Alligood on. What's on, man? <laughs> What's going on? You're, you're, the self-deprecation is a little too much. You are a handsome man, my friend. Oh, yeah. Look at this. <laughs> Look at this face. This, if you, if, if there is a video for this, you can see just how handsome I am. Listen, man, the bags under my eyes are so deep. It looks like, it looks like I'm wearing Harry Potter glasses. That's how Not even true. I just like, whoa, I got Not even true. warts and moles growing off my head. I, I got hair growing out of my ears. Like I am, uh, look at you though. You got style. You got the haircut. You got the whole thing. Well, it doesn't, I mean, hair is growing out of my ears too, brother. We're just at that age. Yeah, I guess is that what it is. I wish I had yeah. it grown out, grown out my head because, uh, yeah, you know, I'd be sure. for that. Man. To do the uh, ear hair comb over, like let I, it grow long enough that you. I, you know, I would try a lot of things, but, um, <laughs> but I, I think my family would object. Yeah, um, that's right. That's they, right. They don't yeah. want me. You know, I'm already embarrassing enough, I feel like, as a dad. You know, dads are sort oh of embarrassing. Oh, sure. Um, so, you know, I just had to pick up, um, like, when I pick up my kids from, like, my, my, my daughter Madeline was at, uh, she was at this outdoor mall. And she's like, can you pick me and my friend up? Uh, her name's Danica. I call her Bananica. Um, but she said, uh, I mean, Danica, over here, can you pick us up at 7? I'm like, yeah, sure, no problem. So when I pick up her friends, though, like, they're getting in my car. So, uh, you know, when they get into my car, that means they're going to hear my music and uh, right. they have to deal with my cigar smoke. So yep. th- th- that's the stuff yeah. that I'm not changing. Uh, that's the stuff that I think is just going to is just going to stay, you know, so for sure. I don't want to sure. make it worse by doing a comb over. <laughs> Were you OK? So you and I went to Moody Bible Institute together. We did. OK, so I had a guy named Chris who was on my floor from Canada. And Chris grew his hair out a, a little long, right? Where you could only grow it at the time. If it was all one length, about down to the bottom of your ear. They didn't want it right. going any long, longer. But then he dyed it orange. And they were like, okay, no, you, you can't dye it orange. You got it. No, right. no, 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 you can't do that. He's like, oh, okay. So then, and it got too long. And or was, I think it was too long and then it was too orange. So he dyed it back. And then he shaved the top of his head bald. <laughs> He shaved like the total top, so he had like a Costanza, but yeah. with the long hair on the side, he combed it over, and he wound oh, up looking, is... he looked like Dr. Fred Dickison. Oh. 
He looked like Demon Fred. Uh, and Demon uh, Fred, yeah. so they called him into the office. They're like, listen, he goes, this is totally in code. I am not breaking code. <laughs> this is not died. This is not too long. I'm in code. Oh, man. They changed the rule. No extreme haircuts. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Moody in the 90s, man. Whoa. <laughs> they were telling us what's up. Yeah, that's right. At least we missed the days of uh, not being able to uh, wear jeans and uh, having to wear a tie every day. Because I think that ended, you know, close to the uh, end of the 80s. So, Well, I couldn't, you couldn't wear jeans to class, though. No, you couldn't there. wear jeans to class. The but year you, after we graduated, you could. Yeah. yeah they nice waited jeans. for us to graduate, and then they're like, hey, there you go. More yeah, they changed, they, changed, they changed a few rules after our class got out of there. That's yeah. right. Listen, there was some stuff going on. Yeah. So, uh, so listen, how are, you, how, are you, how are you feeling today? We're recording on a Saturday. It's in the morning. How are you feeling today? Oh, I lost you for a second. Go ahead. What was that? I was asking how you're feeling today on the Saturday morning. Oh, pretty well. Pretty well. Um, you know, pastoral ministry has got its ups and downs. Yep. But I uh, woke up this morning, uh, and it's like spring all of a sudden. There's birds chirping and, um, you know, nice, bright, sunny day. Not as warm as spring yet, but it's it's uh, been a good morning hanging out with my wife. Saturday is one of my days off, so grabbing some coffee and uh, hanging out with my wife this morning. So yeah. Jason says one of his days off because he takes four days off a week. That's right. And four yeah, that's right. days off works three yep. days. <laughs> They're just they're just three straight days. They're seventy two hours straight. Yeah, okay. It's, he doesn't get any breaks at all. That's right. So, um, no, oh, cool, man. Yeah, listen. Yeah, it's, uh, the sun has come out. We've had like the nicest winter uh, in it is amazing. Years. We had a really easy oh, winter, man. so I'm not gonna, very, not gonna complain about a, a cold snap here or some snow there because uh, it's been it's been pretty chill. Right. So you've been following the uh, the Grace Community Church drama the the new article that came out yes um yeah so you want to you want to give like a maybe just a christianity a, a su- today yeah christianity can you give a summary of what like what's the new thing because our listeners know that there were you know there was a case of church discipline that you know from our perspective at least mm-hmm. it, it, jimmy and i uh was mm-hmm. not handled well at all uh back in what was it like well, i don't even remember what the year was but Decades it's, it's, ago. It's been a long time ago. Yeah, it's like 20 years ago. Yeah. yeah. So uh, they didn't sound like it was handled very well. And so there, uh, apparently now there's a, there's a new article that came out with a former elder from the church speaking up right. on the issue. Can you just give us a summary of what yeah, I, going on? Yeah, I think, you know, if, uh, if I, I remember right, you guys did, you know, cover the Julie Roy's article and, and those things. And the new angle is the, exactly this, that <clears throat> this former elder reached out to Christianity Today, uh, or I don't know if it, vice versa, but anyway, um, the, the thing that I really appreciate, his name's Han Cho. I mean, you can go look up the article. Uh, we can link to it, I guess, in the show notes. But he, the thing that was so, I thought, so cool um, or good, maybe cool is not the right word, but it was just his, his demeanor. You know, um, I mean, it's a really difficult thing if, if you're in church ministry and you're dealing with these kind of things as a pastor, an elder, um, minister, these are difficult matters. And I, it was just um, very encouraging to me that he waited, you know, he, he was like, man, I'm waiting on the grace of God, you know, as I'm working with the GCC elders when he was still an elder, um, just that, that he was so gracious to say, I want to see if the Lord works in this. Uh, eventually, 
he was not listened to. He was asked to roll back his findings. He's a lawyer, by the way, uh, you know, so he, he knows these things uh, kind of inside and out from a legal perspective as well. So he's presenting to Christianity Today, you know, essentially here is what the process I went through with my elders, essentially asked to roll that back, and I just couldn't in good conscience. So he not only resigned his eldership, he actually ended up leaving Grace Community um, out of concern for those who had also come forward since all of this kind of started to break, uh, you know, break in the news and everything. And uh, that th- these these things seem to continue to happen. And so, um, yeah, the, I guess the newest angle is this. This is somebody from the inside who's now on the outside, but he's speaking very openly about it. Yeah, somebody that's, you know, as far as I've been able to discern, universally respected, um, you know, so much so that they, you know, th- that he was asked to go ahead and do his thing and look into this while he was at Grace Community Church. It's it's it was it was interesting because a couple of months ago I was um, I was talking with a, a friend of mine who is a member of that church, and uh, and I didn't bring it up. I, w- I wasn't gonna like you know start a fight with him. Like how can you be at that church or anything like that? Like it's mm-hmm. just we were just hanging out. And he said, "Listen, I've I've, I've in case you're wondering, I, I'm still at I'm still at Grace Community Church." Um, because I have so many friends there and I'm still spiritually growing, you know, and I'm still trying to figure out what happened. But he told me, but, um, I have been talking to this, this, uh, f- guy, he, he was, he's an elder. Um, he was, he was asked to do an, he was a lawyer. He was asked to do this, do some research. And he found that, uh, that Grace Community Church leadership failed, that they, that they, you know, that they didn't handle this well. And, uh, he, he didn't give me the whole story, but he didn't give me any names. He was just saying, so I've been talking to this guy and, and, uh, you know, so he's, he's out, you know, he's gone or whatever. And so I'm assuming <laughs> that's this guy, uh, yeah. before I even knew this person's name. Um, and so like some people are just outright dismissing a lot of this because it's coming from CT and they feel like you can't trust CT. Uh, you know, they don't feel like you can trust Julie Royce or whatever it is. But I think the real issue is here that, that they're, they're ultimately not believing Cho because Cho's the one that said, here's what happened. Right. And that's my response to those folks is, hey, you know what? You can take or leave Julie Royce. You can take or leave Kate Shellnut or CT. But here, this guy is a former elder. What does he have to gain? Um, he, it seems like he has much more to lose than to gain from pr- right. bringing this up and bringing this out. I mean, like you said, um, this idea of um, your friend even, you know, hey, he's got friends there. He's This is his home, his church home. Um, how much more so a guy who was uh, an elder and yeah. probably invested, you know, uh, at least a decade longer, who knows, in that church. And, uh, you know, he's had to walk away from that as well. So there's, I'm just saying that to say there's there's more for him to lose, it seems like, than to gain from coming forth with this. And, and of course, uh, there, there, are, there are two sides to every story, mm. but we're not, we're not, hearing anything from GCC um, other than we don't have to say anything, which is something, but yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, I get it. And it's, it, yes, it is easy for everybody to play armchair quarterback. It's easy for us to say, well, I would have, and we would have now, of course, when you're talking to a lot of us who have been in ministry for a long time, we have had to deal with these situations before we have dealt with them. Um, So we're not armchair quarterbacking as much as we're saying, here's how we would or have handled things in the past. Um, and so this is, this is why I brought it up because we, uh, there was a tweet sent out by Montgomery 
Uh, I'm just going to call him Montgomery because Montgomery, I have no idea how to pronounce your last name. Low Lane? Low Lane. L-O-E-H-L-E-I-N. Could be Lay Lane. Lay Lane. could be. I'm going to call him Lulu. Montgomery Lulu. (laughs) There you go for having a weird name. That's what you get. So um, he actually tagged us um, uh, at D&D on this thread. So I'm going to read this, and then I thought you and I could talk about it, okay? Sure. Yep. This GCC situation brings up an interesting difficulty in church discipline. What do elders do in the he said, she said marital conflicts where there are no witnesses or other evidences to back up either side? If a wife says he's abusive and she wants to separate, but he denies it, what do you do? If she's honest, her separation is warranted and he should be disciplined. If he's honest, then her separation is unwarranted and she should be disciplined. Without evidence, should either of them be disciplined? How much time do you wait for evidence to come out? What happens if she moves to divorce? Is this a matter of the Spirit's leading and elders' discernment? It seems wrong to judge him guilty without evidence. It also seems wrong to judge her guilty for not reconciling because you don't know if her separation is warranted or not. But it also seems problematic to have two members that have accused each other of great sins around for an extended period of time without more clarity. I would love to hear your thoughts. Um, you don't need to get into GCC specifically, but wisdom is needed here. All right, good. All right. So, um, Jason, how long have you been uh, a pastor? I've been in full-time pastoral ministry for 25 years. All right. What year was that? What, 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 what does that make it? 90, 97, I went into, I mean, it was youth ministry in the beginning, yeah. but it was still full-time yeah. dealing with, I mean, we, we dealt with stuff where I was, I was doing a deposition in a court situation four months into my first full-time gig. <laughs> well, it's a good thing you took that class in seminary on that. that yeah. probably really helpful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah. Same. I've, I've been a uh, full-time pastoral ministry. Uh, I've been a pastor of a church uh, since 98. So yeah. Yeah, same same amount, same amount of time. Um, so we've we've had our share of church discipline situations. Yeah. Um, now, I, I when I look at this situation that Montgomery brings up, I know some things that I would do, but I don't know all the things that I would do. Um, what are some things that come to mind when you're when you're looking at this? Um, and if you're afraid to go first because you know you're a little chicken baby, uh, I'll go first. <laughs> but uh, if you can't handle the heat. But uh, no, I mean, wh- my first thought is that every situation is different. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you can throw out scenarios and I'm not saying Montgomery did anything wrong in throwing out scenarios, but it's the approach. It kind of depends on how this gets divulged. And, you know, is this a counseling situation where you've been counseling this couple and immediately she kind of comes out with this? Um, many, many times abused women don't do that in a counseling situation because they don't want to have the repercussions if they're sitting there with their husband who's yeah. abusive, uh, you know, do, doing that. Um, so you might have to ask that question sort of off site of the counseling. But yeah, I think the first, my first thought is, is that the, these kinds of questions are good questions, but there's not necessarily for every question. I think there are some black and whites here, but I think for every question, especially how do you, how does this information get divulged is kind of like, um, hard to know it's each situation is different so that's my first thought yeah that's a good that's a good cop out thanks for that uh jason for <laughs> no i i totally agree and that, that's an important thing to start with right because 
this is the nature of ministry. It's, it's easy for us to say, well, here's our policy and mm -hmm. you, or, or here's the ideal. But then you get into the real and you're like, oh, wow. Mm -hmm. uh, it, sometimes you have to make exceptions. Sometimes you have to just approach things differently depending on what the needs are, who the person is. So um, I would say this on the front end, that um, if a woman is being abused by her husband, um, that needs to be dealt with uh, quickly. Yes. If, if a spouse, men can be abused by their wives, by the way. Like men, are, right. some men are beaten up by their wives because they refuse to fight back. Yeah. Um, so at any rate, and some of them are maybe just smaller <laughs> than their wives and they, they can be victimized easier. Um, yeah. But if there is spousal abuse going on, then that needs to be dealt with quickly. That needs to be dealt with uh, transparently. The authorities need to be involved and everything else, right? So you don't just try to handle this as a church if there's abuse happening, um, physical abuse in, in particular, right? The verbal abuse right. may not qualify for anything that the police would get involved in, but it certainly would for the church being involved. So I would say that on the front end as well, sort of as a, as, as a caveat. I don't want people to get the wrong impression. Um, Absolutely. And let me just add to that. Yeah. The sep, the sep, I think there is a, I think there is in those cases, it's, it's wise to let the separation happen and get into the details later. Because if you, if I, I should believe her until I am forced not to, or believe him yeah. until I am forced not to, because I could be putting them into them, meaning the wife, the husband, whoever, and children, if they're involved into a dangerous situation if there's not quick action. And quite honestly, that doesn't take permission from me necessarily for that to happen, but I understand the impulse to to involve the leadership of the church, like, hey, this is yeah. what's going on. I feel like I need to leave, or I need my husband or wife to leave the home, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and I think we just we just say we'll sort out the reality of it later because we don't want somebody to be stuck in a dangerous situation. Do you agree yeah. with that? Or uh, uh, Yes, yes. I, I love that you said it too because, you know, some people are like, well, then you're taking her word. It's like, listen, um, my job is to protect, right? And so I don't know all the details that are going on here. So I'm going to do whatever I can to keep people safe. And if separating them, if allowing them or encouraging them or walking with them, maybe is a more accurate way to say that, as they go through a trial separation for a period of time so we can figure things out is protecting everybody. But also... Mm -hmm. If she is in physical, if she's saying physical abuse, you have to call the cops. So yes, it's not, it's that's, right. like, that's like, it's not even about like, well, you know, what can be proven? Well, uh, we're going to see how serious yeah. this is because we're going to get the yes. authorities involved. And so, yes. Same this, goes for sexual abuse, just to add yeah, that. Absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. Immediate, so, immediate authority and intervention. No, uh, without giving any details, I don't know if you've ever had to do that. Like we've had to do that. Like I've had to call mm -hmm. the cops and say, this happened. Um, I'm aware of this. I've had to call DCFS. Like this, this happened. I'm aware. I've had in different cases. I've had to call. Not that I want to. Like I, right. it's like it, it, well, some in one case I wanted to. <laughs> one case I was like, we got to do this. In another case I yeah. was like, mm, this was a mistake. But at this point I don't have a choice. I I like I've got to, I've got to, yep. I got to make a call. So I think that's good because you know. It, a separation is, and it doesn't even necessarily mean legal separation. Like just getting people out of the house in order to figure things yeah. out can is fine. I don't think you're transgressing any biblical laws by doing that. Um, get the authorities involved, and hopefully you know your people well enough to try to work things out and walk with them. Because yes. um, you know you're saying, well, both are credible. Uh, 
Um, okay, well, both are in good standing. Um, both are, are, have a, a good reputation. But now we're having these two things. The only thing you can do is get them in a room and start talking to them. And uh, in my experience, when people get in the room, you can usually start to figure out, at least at some level, what's going on. Yes. And, um, you know, I know that uh, the whole subject of, of divorce itself is is uh, is debatable, right? Like people debate mm-hmm. on what is and isn't acceptable for divorce and remarriage. And we've covered that a few times here at Doc and Devo. And I'm sure the, there's a lot of people that don't agree with me on, on my view on that. But um, I don't know that there is a way forward with, I don't know that there even should be a way forward to discipline somebody who says, I'm leaving my husband, I'm leaving my spouse, he abuses me, I don't have any proof, but it's happening and I'm going to divorce him. Uh, and I don't have any proof and they're saying it doesn't happen. I don't, I don't feel that there's a need to discipline in her in this case because I don't have any evidence of that. Um, but I don't know that I could discipline him either just on the, the, the accusation of one person. I don't, I, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I think that's really wise, man. Um, I, I think that, uh, again, with the cut and dried kind of an idea, the, you know, of course, Matthew 18, Galatians 6, 1 Corinthians, you know, all the passages are there, but each situation requires a different approach. It requires a different, uh, you know, just thinking through wisely what how we approach it. I don't know if you're familiar with Jim Neuheiser or not, uh, but Jim Neuheiser has a book on divorce and remarriage. Um, and his book, essentially, when it comes to the idea of an abusive woman, uh, I mean, a, a abused woman, forgive me, being going for a divorce, he's like, you just need to leave her alone. I mean, you need to not, you know, like press in on that because um, she's getting away from... Uh, you know, a bad situation. And so he just kind of has, and I think he's right. And there's just kind of this like exception clause of like, um, it's, it's, it's really good not to pursue church discipline in those situations. So. Well, I'll tell you, you, and you, you're, you're a doctor, you're a PhD, so you have all the answers and I don't, I'm a dummy. <laughs> I'm a dummy that, uh, you know, skated, uh, skated by on his good looks and charm. Um, <laughs> It's not so, true, by the way. You're very smart and wise. Yeah, yes. <clears throat> yeah, more than more than. Okay, I, I was going to make a. I, was, I almost got some rabbit trailed. All right. So, uh. um, my view, uh, which I think is a biblical view on divorce and remarriage, I'll be very simple here. Feel free to disagree. We don't have to debate it. Um, but I think that the scripture is n- not as neat and clean and cut and dry on this issue as people pretend, especially fundamentalists. Um, I don't think the Bible is, you know, an encyclopedia that functions that way. Um, You have poetry and narrative and epistles and all of this stuff. And so it it takes some time to figure out what what the conclusion ought to be on an issue like this. Because when I look at divorce in the Old Testament, it seems to me, and I could be remembering wrong, but it seems to me that, you know, women were afforded divorce for a variety of reasons, uh, essentially for their protection from husbands and polygamous husbands at that um, whereas husbands really could only divorce for the case of sexual immorality. Um, you know, Israel was commanded to divorce their pagan spouses. Um, now, listen, I know that that is 
one account and it's dramatic and it's hard, it's controversial, but it's in there. God said, divorce your unbelieving spouses. Then you go to into the New Testament and on that subject, Paul says, well, don't not divorce your unbelieving spouses unless they abandon you. In such case, then, you know, obviously they're gone. You can get divorced and move on with your life. When Jesus is asked about it, sometimes he's like, don't get divorced. Sometimes he's like, well, don't get divorced or remarried unless it's for the case of uh, pornea. Um, you know, so it's like there's, it seems like it depends on who's asking, when it's being asked, what the situation is. My view is that divorce is justifiable biblically when the marriage covenant is broken. That's mm-hmm. my general answer. And so, That's a great shorthand answer. I like that. So, yeah, and I think a lot of people would, would agree with that. And they would say, okay, but you can only break it through abandonment and sexual immorality. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I would say, no, punching your wife in the face is, uh, breaking, the, is breaking that covenant as well. And so, in other words, I would say you have to have a, a justifiable reason of something that's breaking the marriage covenant. You know, you can be, um, I, think, I, in other, I think there's more than one or two reasons to get a, a divorce justifiably. I don't think that there are a ton, but I think that um, there's more than a lot of people well, would readily admit. The, the issue is um, abandonment in 1 Corinthians 7. There's a, there's, that's a pretty big umbrella a lot mm. of things can fall. Somebody doesn't have to leave the home right. in order to that. abandon a marriage. You yeah. know, I mean, there are loveless marriages that are one spouse has abandoned the other and they live in the same home. Um, you know, there are abusive situations where that's a ban- I mean, that's you're abandoning a marriage in that sense. Or I like what you say. You're breaking the covenant. That's breaking the covenant is abandoning the marriage in yeah. a sense, you know. Look, man, there are going to be times where as elders we make decisions that we're going to look back on and say we we messed it up. Yeah. And if we have the opportunity to go to in a former church where we disciplined a wife who was being abused and we said she had unbiblical reasons for divorce, I would go back to her today and say, I'm sorry, that was the wrong yeah. decision. Yeah. We, we you know, uh, we, we messed that up. And um, my view in those days of what abandonment meant was wrong. I have a better understanding now, and I'm sorry for that. Um, and and or on the other side of it, you know, the hey, this one got away from us. So she she did not have, or he did not have, biblical reasons for divorce. And maybe then we would have to go back to the spouse and say we got it wrong. And, and that's not to be lackadaisical on the front end of it and say we're not doing the hard work to really work through this and determine as best we can in our human frailty and our fallenness um, and biblically working through it as best we can that, you know, so I think that's the other part of this is like, oh, you guys are just, you're just all for divorce. Oh, and man. The power of the spirit there you lives and, uh, you know, but, but the, we love marriage. Yeah. But we love marriage enough that we want to protect the biblical view of marriage as mm-hmm. well. And we love people yeah. enough that we're willing to, you know, take those extreme things on the front end. So That's such a good word, man. We had a couple little audio breaks in there, guys. Sorry about that. Um, but I, I totally agree with this idea that yeah, yeah, we're, we are all going to make mistakes. 
Like there is no way that we're going to run a perfect game, not to trivialize it by calling it a game, but you're, no one's going to run a perfect game. No one's going to run a perfect ministry. And when you get it wrong, and if MacArthur and crew got it wrong, like Cho says, then the only thing to do is to say, wow, you know what? Like this first thing happened in like 1980 or whenever it was, this one happened in 2000, whatever the situation is, just say, hey, listen, we were ignorant at the time and uh, and undereducated in this area. We made a mistake. We should have had, and that's not an excuse. We should have known what to do. We didn't do it. We're so sorry, you know, forgive us. Um, and I think anybody who's been in ministry long enough and hasn't had to apologize to somebody is 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 in a bad situation. They're, it's dangerous ground because we we all are going to make mistakes and apologizing and asking for forgiveness is a real point of healing for people when they've been wronged. Um, and it actually establishes you and your ministry as one that actually learns and grows and is becoming better. So I, I think, yeah, my, my impulse is I want to protect the church. I want to protect the sheep. I want to protect people. And if somebody is saying that they are in danger, then I'm going to do whatever I can to protect them. And I think you're right. If we wind up making a mistake, then we have to go back and own it. But I don't want to do nothing for fear of making a mistake. Cause then yeah then I'm really leaving people, I think, in the lurch when they need to be, have somebody looking out for them. Hey, Joe, another thought came to mind, too. Uh, am I coming through clear? Yeah, you're good. Okay. Um, I think we need to have the proper tools to evaluate, and there are people who are smarter than you and me who have yeah. helped in that area of evaluation. I don't know if you're familiar with Darby Strickland or Chris Moles, uh, but but. or hand the book, the little booklet from Darby Strickland to a wife and say, hey, I'd like for you to go through this. And this may help you frame some of the things that you're um, that you're thinking or thinking about or the things you're going through. And I want to hear you, what you think, you yeah. know. Yeah, I think we got to we got to leverage all of the resources that we can to help people. And yeah, I mean, we, we readily plug people into professional counseling counselors we and we have different levels at which we do that you know sometimes you recommend one counselor sometimes we point people to another institution sort of depends on the needs but i think that's really good listen i don't want us to um to to like what how do i say this in a in a colloquial um appropriate way i don't want us to burn all of our energy uh with this episode because i'm going to have you back on we're going to talk about some more stuff um but uh for now i mean let's just at least let me say this um, I'm grateful for your heart, man. Your your heart and your your mind work really well together. I think because um, you care, like you care about the truth, but you care about people, right? Like I know, like there's a whole lot of talk these days about you know, uh, men are oftentimes more interested in things, and women are more interested in people as a general rule when it comes to vocation. But um, when you're a minister, you have to be interested in truth and theology, and you have to be interested in people. And I definitely see that in you. I'm encouraged by you in that. Thanks for hopping on the podcast. Uh, if people want to follow you online, Thanks. Thanks, man. they go to, what is it, Dugilla? Yeah, my, my last name backwards, at Dugilla. At yep. Dugilla. Do that. And um, for everybody else, uh, you know where to find us. We are at Doc and Devo on Instagram and Twitter, Doctrine and Devotion on Facebook, DoctrineAndDevotion.com. Uh, for the website, and if uh, if you want to support the podcast, obviously just subscribe to us on your favorite podcast player. But if you want to financially contribute to what we're doing so that we can do more and better stuff, uh, you can go to doctrineanddevotion.com slash all access. 
or just scroll down on your podcast player and look for the support this podcast. Click that link and you can subscribe. What you'll get are um, theological reflections and meditations Monday through Friday and a special podcast called Banter of Truth that you can only get. It's commercial free. You can only get it through all access. Thanks for listening, guys, and we'll see you later.